Hey, yo, say hello to the back, Scott Hall. Hey, this is Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle from TNA. Oh, it's real. It's damn real. Hi, this is Booker T, the five-top WCW champion. And you listen to SNS Radio Network. Yo, monkeys, it's me, P-P-P, the king of Adabim, the master of the diamond cutter, the three-time, three-time, three-time world champion. Stay tuned or you will feel bang. Hey, you listen on the SNS Network, and that's the bottom line. The Stone Cold Setro. The world is listening. Welcome to the Whole Indie Show, your home for your weekly slice of indie goodness. So it's natural that I ask myself, is this a risk? I'm willing to take. And the answer? Absolutely. If you know something about me, you know that I am trying to change the wave of the future. Jesus, what is change? We need to change the Innocence, once lost, can never be regained. Darkness, once gazed upon, can never be lost. All things truly wicked start from innocence. Because I want to see you, see me, smash up. Come and play. What I want is Brian Danielson's head on a stick. This is my challenge to everybody on the independent scene, and that's to thrive. Thrive to be the best in the world. With your hosts, Sandro Latelpa. Randy McWilliams. I'm just trying to say, <laughs> see ya. Go ahead, say something. And Ashley Richardson. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I knew we'd throw the fucking roof on. <laughs> Welcome everybody to, uh, I can't even remember what episode number it is, but all I know is it's the fallout from King of Trios. Um, we'll do proper reviews on them, but we're going to get to the results in a little bit, along with all the other results and, of course, the news and all that, and previews this week. Uh, no review, mainly because, as you'll probably listen to this, uh, I'm in London, either sleeping or playing games. It's one over two. Eat, sleep, play, games, repeat. Perhaps in that order. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, joining me as ever uh, is Sandro. And uh, how's your weekend been? Or how was last week anyway? <laughs> uh, it was pretty good. Um, interesting uh, following what was going on with uh, King of Trios. And it turned out I was pretty much correct on my predictions. But we'll get into that later. Yeah. Um, first up, uh, the news and... We might as well bring it up because they've got tapings coming up later this week, which we obviously don't know. The first teaser video has apparently surfaced for Lucha Underground. I guess it's the 
Is it like a 30 or 60 second trail? I can't remember. Well, they call it a teaser, so it's short. It's probably it's probably a 30 second. Yeah, give it a take. Uh, apparently, it's debuting now the 29th of October. I think it was supposed to be mid-October originally, remember, wasn't it? Yeah, it was supposed to be earlier, but now they're premiering it uh, the week of Halloween. So, you know, it's fine. And from, apparently, from what I've heard, <clears throat> apparently it's going to be a two-hour uh, debut. So I'm not sure if it's two episodes, but that might be the case. And also from what I'm hearing, uh, the debut... Sh- well, that debuting week, one of the episodes will also air on the uh, Unimas channel that's available throughout here in the U.S. But uh, I need to find more confirmation about that. But as soon as I, as I find it, I will uh, mention it as soon as possible. Yeah, and uh, either hate on it or give it the respect it deserves. Be interesting to see what order they do it in as well. I mean, clearly the first episode is probably the first one. But I think they're going to want to have a big match. I'm just wondering whether that that episode with the triple threat with... Um, oh, I can't remember the names. Phoenix. The triple threat with the Mexican guy. Yeah, yeah Phoenix, the Pentagon, and uh, Drago. I wonder if that'll be the second episode, because they need something strong. Because judging by those first two, it was a bit off and I guess they could do them in some sort of order I don't know so from what I remember there wasn't really a Chavo Guerrero sort of run in as obviously on that show so I guess they've left it open there uh, speaking of uh, de- uh, well I shouldn't say debuts but big events coming uh, Ring of Honor has announced its uh, 13th anniversary show. And for the first time in quite a while, uh, Ring of Honor's heading west to Vegas, baby. Yeah, March the 1st at the Orleans Hotel and Casino. Uh, the 13th anniversary show will be there. Interestingly, it's a Sunday, which makes me wonder pay-per-view more than likely yeah and i know though the funny thing was on the press release it stated it's going to be their debut in las vegas which in reality it, it isn't it's their return to las vegas well i thought that was just funny debut on pay-per-view in las vegas <laughs> that's what it probably is damn it um so yeah that's it certainly the problem is we can't get too hyped for it because it's March the 1st. It's it's at least five months away, but uh, at least they, I'm just wondering whether they're locating over there because everybody's going to be working on that side of the coast for that month. <laughs> just waiting for WrestleMania weekend. Well, it, March is going to be very busy for Ring of Honor because they also announced that they're going to be they're going to be in the West Coast later that month, as, of course, that's the big WrestleMania weekend in uh, San Jose. I almost forgot the name of it. Uh, They announced that they're going to be heading to Silicon Valley for Supercard of Honor 9, which the event will be taking place in Redwood City, California, 
at the Sports House. Not, not much information is given, but they have confirmed the date will be on Friday, March 27th. And um, yeah, so it's uh, pretty good. They're announcing their WrestleMania show uh, months in advance. And it uh, should be very interesting. That probably puts the kibosh then on PWG. Possibly. Maybe. I mean, I mean, it's, it's still the weekend. If they wanted to, they could have a show on Saturday. Unless Ring of Honor does TV tapings. Which is possible, but they haven't announced anything. So, well, never, well yeah. we'll find out in the months to come. Definitely. Um, now, in terms of video stuff on the page, uh, we've got, I think, about four or five Dojo Wars matches from uh, the CZW shows over the past few months. I think we've got some Dojo Wars 4 stuff. Is there? A, I think there's a Dojo Wars five. Certainly, there's just there's a good fair mix of uh, some pretty good matches. I think even was it the second one when uh, DJ Hyde teamed up with Kimber Dramatic Pause Lee? I believe take on so. Juicy Product. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's actually a pretty good match. So uh, check that one out. Uh, also, sticking CW related, uh, the aft well. The uh, aftermath of WSU's resurgence show with uh, Lufisto refusing to bow to DJ Hyde's demands and the destruction of Pegaboo, uh, that has now been uh, put up by WSU's YouTube page and you can find it on uh, the whole indie show's Facebook page as well. Um, AIW have put up another set of promo tryouts. Uh, clearly this is weekly, so this might be the last time we bring it up. <laughs> And uh, former alumnus of the show, um, one half of the Crusade for Change, uh, TJ Marconi, and his Crusade for Change ally, uh, Darius Carter, uh, have appeared in a Beyond video where they're saying they won't be appearing at Making Moves happening this weekend, saying that all they're doing is waiting for the right time. I'm thinking this could be reverse psychology, but... I think it's they're putting together some very good promos. I'm so uh, you know I I'm really impressed by uh, the angle that they're taking here, and I want I want to see more beyond stuff. <laughs> so um, yeah, not much news, possibly due to recording time, or possibly because something as you know something major hasn't happened yet massively, but. Uh, Sandra, I think you've got a few bits of news before we get into the results. Uh, yeah, I just want to go a bit for AIW. <clears throat> uh, I noticed uh, one of the co-owners, John Thorne, has been uh, posting on uh, Twitter saying that uh, tickets for the next set of uh, Girls' Night Out shows hasn't been selling well. And he's possibly thinking that this could be quite possibly the last Girls' Night Out shows ever. Uh, that's probably wow. due, due, due to not many people showing up for the shows in general. I mean, if you've seen the last several shows, uh, for some reason, Cleveland isn't too fond of women's wrestling. I mean, as you see in the attendance uh, numbers. Obviously, they do well with the DVDs and MP4s, but live attendance doesn't do well. And 
Also, you got to put in the fact there they just had a triple shot weekend not that long ago. So it's not going to be very easy to sell another show, especially a double take. And Battle of the Sexes as well. Yeah, but I'm just talking about recently because it's just two weeks apart from no, the last I'm show. Saying, I'm saying as well, because Battle of the Sexes was so soon, some people might see that as sort of an unofficial girls' night out because it was all girls versus all men. Well, apparently that one was that was done really well, not only with the ticket sales, but also you know DVDs and MP4 because... Uh, mm-hmm. As of now, it's the highest selling AIW show this year. Wow. But uh, for the Girls Not Out brand, it's not so much. It's pretty much the opposite. And uh, that's sad to hear about that. Um, maybe it's for the best if they stop doing the brand because, like I said, the attendance not, doesn't do really well. And he says that if he does one, it's going to be like maybe once or, one or two shows a year if he decides to bring it back mm-hmm. so we'll have to see what happens um hopefully they'll do well attendance wise but i mean i mean who knows um moving on with uh international news going on germany uh, wxw of course is having uh the next world triangle league uh coming up about uh next weekend uh starting on October 2nd uh October 2nd the 3rd and the 4th if I'm not mistaken going to take place several shows uh just going to go through the the talent going to that's going to be a part of this year's uh World Triangle League for Block A you have uh Kazuki Hashimoto from Big Japan you have Alex uh Fisher from WXW you have Biff Busick and Drew Gulak representing CCW. That's for Block A. Uh, for <laughs> that alone is an impressive Block A. For Block B, you have Bad Bones representing WXW. You have Rich Swan representing ZZW. Uh, you have Tony Toby Blunt representing WXW. And the current Wired champion, Shane Strickland, representing CCW. And the last block, Block C, uh, we have Carson Beck representing WXW, Jonathan Gresham representing ZZW, Zack Sabre Jr. representing WXW, and Axel Dider Jr. representing WXW. So that's all the participants for all three blocks in this year's World Triangle League. Um not only do they have the tournament, but I think they're also bringing in some big international talents, uh, aside from the American uh, talents. Uh, on October 2nd show, there's going to be a special attraction match with uh, Tommy N taking on Jushin Thunder Liger. So that's really interesting there. And I think the, the biggest uh, special attraction match on... October 5th, Absolute Andy uh, will be taking on Hiroshi Tanahashi. <laughs> wow. Tan is going to Germany. Yes. Wow. That's. That's big. <laughs> Please tell me that means he's coming to the UK. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Maybe. I know there's. um. 
Revolution Pro is coming up. I don't remember exactly yeah, that's what date. Yeah, in dates. a few weeks. Uh, of course. I think it's sort of mid-October time-ish. But yeah, it's the one we talked about uh, a few weeks back. Yeah. Ricochet versus Akada is the main event. Mm-hmm. Which clearly means the New Japan guys are having some time off for a change. <laughs> oh, probably. But yeah, that's pretty much uh, been confirmed for that uh, World Triangle League. And uh, we'll definitely mention it uh, when the results come out for the entire weekend. But uh, definitely uh, really interesting for this year's tournament. And uh, I'm pretty sure the the video footage will be released via Smart Mark video. Yeah. Uh, I do have uh, one more news that involves New Japan, but I'll, I think I'll save that after we go through the results. Okay. Well, <laughs> I think that f- because of that, let's start with New Japan then. Uh, the destruction in Kobe show from uh, Kobe World Hall, World Hall sorry, um, about 8,000 fans, which means it was... Uh, Super no vacancy, so not full house, but uh, pretty damn full. So uh, on the card, uh, results-wise, uh, Tomohiro Ishii, Rocky Romero, and Alex Kozlov beat uh, Yujiro Takahashi and the Young Bucks when uh, Rocky Romero pinned Nick Jackson after the contract killer. Uh, then we had Alex Shelley, Maximo, and Bushi beat uh, Takamishinoku, El Desperado, and Taichi. Apparently, after only two and two minutes and forty-three seconds, after Tai Chi got DQ'd, I find this interesting. Considering when we saw that G1 climax final, you said Sandro Tai Chi didn't want to be there. Apparently, he didn't want to be here either because the match only lasted two and three quarter minutes. It looks like they're taking a page out of Dragon Gate, <laughs> which is funny because you know Kobe Warhol is the the usual venue when they have their annual anniversary shows. Um, then uh, Hiroshi Tenzan, Satoshi Kojima, Jushin Thunder Liger, and Tomoaki Homma beat uh, Yuji Nagata, Manabu Nakanishi, Tiger Mask, and Captain New Japan in about five minutes when Homma used the Kokeshi on uh, Captain New Japan. So uh, mark out people, Tomoaki Homma actually won a match in New Japan this time. After his... Uh, sweep of uh, nothing in G1 <laughs> uh, then in the first of the special tag matches uh, Kazushi Sakuraba and Toriyano beat Minoru Suzuki and Takashi Azuka in 11 and a half minutes you said it wasn't going to go that long Sandra it went on four times as long as, Alec, as the uh, six man tag from earlier on. So surprisingly. <laughs> but, and even more surprising, Yano actually got the win. Of course. With the Akakiri on uh, Izuka. Uh, and then the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title on the line. And we have a new champion as Ryosuke Taguchi beat Kushida in about 15 minutes with an ankle hold to become the 69th champion. Yeah, I was really surprised when I found out about that. I really was not expecting a title change. Mm. Yeah, I'm not really too thrilled with uh, Taguchi as junior champion, but uh, we'll see how he does. I honestly thought it was going to happen last year when the passing of a torch from Devitt. Because they did have a match for it, I think, didn't they? Yeah, that was on different (laughs) steps. Yeah, but apparently that is Taguchi's first 
junior heavyweight win for seven years. When, uh, as it says in the notes here from... Uh, uh, hang on, I can't remember. <laughs> for a whistle fan. Yeah. Um, basically, he was the young breakout star of the junior division and beat the likes of Minoru and Tiger Mask and Koji Kanemoto when the three were in their stronger years. Now, okay, Kushida's been only champion for briefly compared to Devitt, obviously. But uh, perhaps this means, because Devitt's gone, Taguchi might be able to have his own sort of uh, Devitt legacy with that and actually keep it for a bit. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> uh, next up, special tag match again. Uh, and this time it was Tetsuya Naito and Kota Ibushi getting the win over Tamatonga and AJ Styles when uh, Kota Ibushi used the Phoenix Splash on uh, Tamatonga. Then for the IWGP Tag Belts, uh, Bullet Club retains Anderson and Gallows beating Okada and Yoshihashi in about 11 minutes, or close to 12, uh, when Gallows pinned Yoshihashi after the Magic Killer. Uh, key thing to note, though, is apparently Yoshihashi is really going on a very big momentum push. Which I guess is key because in a few days' time, possibly it's already happened as of recording. I'm not sure. Um, Yoshihashi does have a never-open-weight title match against... Is it um, Yajiro that has it? I can't remember. I'll get, I'll get into that in a bit. Oh, okay. Um, moving on then. Um, then we had uh, Togi Makabe beat Hiroki Goto with a King Kong knee drop after about uh, 14 and a half minutes. Then um, the rematch from G1, uh, and it was a flip as uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi beat Katsuyori Chibata in uh, about 18 minutes with the high fly flow. Uh, however, to be honest, the result wasn't the big story. No. Um, because amazingly, these guys who have seemingly hated each other for probably years shook hands. Gasp. That is something that I think quite a lot of people didn't think they'd see. Minds are blown after seeing the footage and the pictures all over. It's pretty shocking. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the main event uh, for the IWGP Intercontinental title, we have a new champion. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura beating Bad Luck Fale with the bomber yay uh, in about 19 minutes. Three months to the day after he dropped it to Bad Luck Farley. Which means that he, you know, as the 10th champion, he, 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 he beckons the belt into double figures. Well, you know, I, I said it last week. Uh, they don't really care about the match, but I have no issues with Nakamura. Once again, champion, so it's all good with me. So, um... A bit of news relating to New Japan from you, Sandra. Yes, but before that, they had another destruction show 
that took place actually two days later. Actually, took place this morning, as a recording, as a recording. Uh, usually on a Wednesday, but we're recording on Tuesday early. Uh, they had their destruction show in Okayama <clears throat> at about 3,600 uh, fans. Uh, this was a complete sellout, full house. Uh, I'm not going to go through the entire show, but I'm just going to go through some of the important matches. Uh, for the IWGP Junior Tag Team titles, uh, Time Splitters successfully defended their tag titles over El Desperado and Tai Chi. In about 15 minutes, when Kushida up in Tai Chi for their second defense. Uh, for the NWA Tag Team titles, Tenkoji retained their tag team titles over Yuji Nagata and Manabu Nakanishi in 15 minutes, with Kojima pinning Nagata after hitting the Lariat for their fourth defense. The never open weight title was defended as uh, Yujiro Takahashi successfully retained by defeating Yoshihashi for his mm-hmm. uh, first defense in about 13 minutes and 30 seconds with the Miami Shine. Uh, Seven main events Hiroshi Tanahashi and Tetsuya Naito defeating the Bullet Club of AJ Styles and Doc Gallows in 13 minutes when Naito pinned Gallows with the Stardust Press. And the main event was the IWGP World Title uh, Contendership match for the Tokyo Dome as uh, Kazuchika Okada successfully retained his title shot by defeating Carl Anderson in about 20 minutes with the Rainmaker. Now, some of the notes after the show took place. Uh, Tatsuya Naito came out after the main event and basically challenged Okada for his number one contendership title shot at the Tokyo Dome. And of course, uh, Okada accepted the challenge. And that match will be taking place at the next big show, which of course will be the big King of Pro Wrestling show in Sumo Hall. Also, another match to be com- that is confirmed AJ Styles will be defending his IWGP World Heavyweight title against the former champion, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Ooh. <clears throat> uh, after the uh, never, weight, never open weight title match, uh, Tomohiro Ishii came out and challenged uh, Yujiro for another opportunity for the belt that he lost. Uh, I believe Yujiro accepted the challenge and that belt would be defended at the King of Pro Wrestling. And we're going to have a three-way for the IWGP Junior Tag Team titles as uh, Time Splitters will be taking on the team of the Young Bucks and Forever Hooligans. So it be very interesting. And uh, very surprising notes as uh, a video promo was posted by New Japan this morning and is also on okay. our social media pages. It's not the one that I think it is, is it? Uh, it might be. Because the NWA is returning for the next big show. As uh, Bruce Tharp announced that the NWA World Junior Heavyweight title will be defended at the King of Pro Wrestling. As the current champion, Chase Owens, uh, will be 
accepting any open challenge and it has been confirmed that Bushi has accepted the challenge that the NWAS is challenged, of course, in Japan. And Chase Owens will be defending his title against Bushi. Oh, my word. NWA. <laughs> so, I know. <laughs> that's what we can do. Just go. Uh, I believe I have heard of Chase Owens. If I'm not mistaken, I think he's he's from the Carolinas or from the South. Yeah, the name does ring a bell. The name does sound familiar. I will say that. But uh, a lot of uh, championship titles have been announced in advance, so that's very good to hear. Uh, really interesting to see Tanahashi and Styles. Uh, of course, the King of Pro Wrestling is not that far away. It, I think it's in about two weeks, if I'm not mistaken. I think, yeah, it's a few weeks away. And of course, it's not on a weekend. It's on uh, Monday or Tuesday, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, because so, the day of well, the the day of that, kids. Because the day of the show, it's a national holiday in Japan. So, so prepare for late, early nights, kids. <laughs> yes. Right. Um, so, CMWL, the eighty-first uh, anniversary show. Yes. So, um, quick one through the results here. Uh, first up, uh, Blue Panther, Cachorro, and Dragon Lee Two. Beat uh, La Dinastia Casas of uh, Felino, Puma King, and Tiger. Mm-hmm. Why has La Dina, Dinastia Casas stolen two of the names from characters from Tekken? <laughs> well, the... Actually three, because Puma King and Tiger. <laughs> wow. Well, it's just a, an homage to his father, Felino, because, you know, his character is based on a cat or a tiger. So that's True. why that is. This is where I should bring up Panda Man, but we'll get to that. Oh, um, the Torneo Cibernetico uh, for the 81st anniversary saw Zeux. Uh, Zeux, is it? Yeah. Zeuxis beating Marcella to win. Uh, the order of elimination was uh, Tiffany Estrelita, uh, Dallas Le Carabina. Princesa Suge, uh, Goya Kong, Amapola, and then Marcella last to be eliminated. So uh, Zeuxis getting the win there. It was actually a pretty good match. Then after, then after the match, there was a moment of applause for Manuel Rob, Rol, Rol, Rolb, is it? Robles. Ro, Robles, uh, who was the promoter for uh, Arena Puebla for years and the father of uh, Juan Manuel Mar, a.k.a. Panico, and the grandfather of uh, Escandalo and Stigma, as well as being a solid wrestler in the 70s and uh, the 60s period. Uh, he died actually earlier on the day, apparently passed away. Uh, then back to action, we had uh, the team of Mascada Dorada, uh, Valiente and Volador Jr. beating Euphoria, Thunder, and Mr. Niebler, who apparently thought he was Gene Simmons from Kiss. Yes. <laughs> it was pretty awesome. Greatest band in the world, according to Giovanni. Uh, however, uh, they won by DQ as uh, Thunder press-slammed Volador over the top rope to the floor. Bill Watts apparently is in charge of CMWL. 
Yeah, they have that. Yeah, Lucha has that crazy rule, which is very similar to the old NWA ruling, where if you throw your opponent over the top rope, you're DQ'd. So they have that, you know, stupid kind of ruling over there. Uh, so this was the hair versus hair match. And it was... It would be it would be impressive that the the guy with the name Barber in his name wins. Um, <laughs> El Barbaro Cavanario uh, beating uh, Ray Cometa in what's supposed to be what's said to be a fantastic match that was a match that has really made uh, Cavanario and um, Cometa did a very good job, and obviously Cometa got shaved afterwards. Yeah, this was a hell of a match. I, I definitely recommend to check it out. It was really great. Uh, the tag titles were next up on the line as uh, Negro Casas and Shocker retained, beating La Mascara and Rush in a good match, apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, uh, I actually thought that we were going to get a title change because if you saw the if you saw that match in particular, the crowd hates the the challengers, as I said, who are who are the baby faces, but they get booed and they acknowledge it, but they don't care. So I thought we were gonna get a title change just for the crowd to just get very pissed at them, but that wasn't the case. And it was a really good match here. And uh, Negro Casas, despite him getting up there in age, the guy. Is still wrestling like he's in his twenties, like he is that good. Sort of RVD, but uh, he doesn't blow up. Better, yeah. <clears throat> and then finally, the mask versus mask match, a year in the making. <laughs> yes. Some would say, um, seeing Atlantis defeat Aldemol Guerrero with uh, Atlantida. After an amazing verbal, apparently, an epic match with a hot crowd that was crying tears of joy after the finish. Uh, Ultimo Guerrero also crying tears, but not of joy, uh, before taking off his mask to reveal his identity as Jose Gutierrez Hernandez from Gomez Palacio with uh, 26 years experience. He then cut a very passionate promo after with his father joining him in the ring crying as the rest of the family shed tears at ringside. Apparently, another match of the year contender right here. The first two falls of the match were really quick. I think combined, it was probably about two minutes. Uh, but the third fall, I, I thought, completely made up for it. Uh, really great match. Fantastic storytelling. Uh, I was really surprised that Atlantis won. I probably would prefer to have Guerrero won because I thought he would have benefited more from winning this match. But I guess that wasn't the case. Uh, a lot of people were surprised. Some were happy. Uh, definitely very emotional if you, of course, understand Spanish and you heard the promos afterwards. But um, just uh, what a moment after after the unmasking and everything. Um, uh, definitely worth checking out the entire show. I thought it was really good from top to bottom. Uh, if you haven't seen it, you can check it out over on Daily Motion. Um, I think it's under the username the Cubs fans or Lucha Blog. It's one of those two usernames, but he has it. All mm-hmm. the matches are up there. Um, definitely worth checking out. <clears throat> um, there was something else I wanted to bring up about it, but I think oh, uh, the important thing 
was that the entire arena was completely full. Ah, good. And that's very good <laughs> to see, obviously because of the main event. And uh, I was really glad to see that Arena Mexico is completely sold up to the rafters because you needed a really big match in order to have that many people to show up because that shows that they really care. And uh, with the Guerrero unmasking, um, I'm pretty sure people will still go to the shows regardless. And it's obviously not like he's going to retire, but uh, he'll still continue. I know he had a few matches uh, not that long ago. So uh, it should be very interesting uh, how well he does uh, without the mask. Something I actually noticed as well on Lucha Blog regarding Lucha Underground. We'll go back to that. Um, the tapings are all two hours except for the shows on Saturday the 4th of October and Saturday the 18th of October. They're four-hour tapings. Supposedly. Well, that's what they're being advertised as. Yeah, exactly, because remember when the first set of tapings, you know, they were supposedly, you know, uh, three to four hours. And then the day of the tapings, that wasn't the case. Yeah. Unless they're trying to say it's for one hour or two hours of television, I don't know. We'll see. Well, we'll see. Right. Um, <clears throat> so continuing on, uh, House of Glory in Ridgewood, New York. Uh, Tenth of about two fifty, which isn't too bad for House of Glory. Um, so uh, this past Friday, uh, the dark match saw the disrespectfuls beating Jay George and Kyle the Beast. Uh, after the match, Kyle the Beast attacked Jay George. So Kyle wasn't happy. Then with the main card. <clears throat> Uh, Ken Broadway <clears throat> with Mickey Kidd, Larry Dallas, and an unnamed bodyguard <clears throat> defeated Bones. EYBFO uh, beat Style and Finesse. Joey Janela defeated Brian XL with uh, assistance from Anthony Gangon. Freddie Lover beat Robbie uh, with Matt Stryker as the special referee. Uh, Mark Quinn beat Shane Strickland and Alex Mason in a triple threat elimination. After the match, Cashflow Inc. came out, which it looked like it was to try and buy Alex Mason, but Ariella Nix turned on him instead by low-blowing him and shoving him to the ground and joined forces with Broadway Dallas Kid and the bodyguard. <clears throat> so there's stuff going on. Um, then the number one contender tag team gauntlet match for the uh, House of Glory tag team championship shot of the next show. Uh, it started off with uh, Joe Quick and Adam Falcon and Cruz and Smooth Blackmon. Uh, Cruz and Smooth Blackmon getting the win. Next out came Gabriel Black and Rembrandt Lewis, who took out uh, Blackmon and Cruz. Then D. Cosentes came out and beat uh, Black and uh, Lewis. <clears throat> and then finally, Safari Zone came out and beat D. Cosentes. So Safari Zone a.k.a. Panda Man and his partner uh, are the number one contenders. What makes me think Amazing Red listens to the show? He knows how much of a mark I am for Panda Man. Oh, my word. Um, uh, next up on the show, saw Nick beat good Hank Flanders. Uh, then... Uh, Anthony Gangon beat Amazing Red by DQ when uh, Brian XL attacked Gangon, which led to a huge brawl and Brian XL doing some crazy, insane leap on top of everyone. And in the main event, a la Revolve, 
Ricochet beats Smiley with a crucifix pin to retain the House of Glory title. He's going nowhere. <clears throat> well, no, I guess he's going to Lucha Underground or whatever. Next week or this week. Yeah, and uh, I know they already announced that their next show um, taking place in November. Uh, of course, as advertised, uh, Ricochet will be defending the House of Glory uh, world title against Low-Key, which is, uh, I I would definitely think it's the first time they ever met. I, I'm not really sure if they met before, but uh, that is definitely a really big, big match. So, Pandaman's is more important. <laughs> well, for you, he's important. <laughs> but uh, it's going to be on November 1st. Um, the the venue for the building hasn't been announced. They they said that it's gonna take take place in a different venue, but they're I think it's gonna I think they're gonna announce it next week if I'm not mistaken. But uh, once I have the information, I'll uh, <clears throat> I'll pass it on through here. But I'm going to try to go to that show because that main event definitely has me interest. And that's when Santo takes a selfie with Pandaman. Damn it. Well, I'll take a picture of Panda Man for you. So, <laughs> right. Um, after all the fun, let's get into the serious stuff. Oh wait, it's Chikara. Well, no. That's, uh, with respect, this got very serious. King of Trios is normally very, very sort of light-hearted. This time, this is this is key to the plot. Apparently, so um, we started off with a block party versus Team UK. Uh, which is note worth noting that um, <clears throat> Sean Walkman is on commentary for this match. Yes, yes he was. And laughing his ass off about Prakash Sabar, or Prakash Sabar, I guess, a.k.a. ex-Pakistani. Oh, I'm going to get into that in a bit. <laughs> uh, however, first swerve, I would say, Team UK gets the win after Mark Andrews hits a shooting star press on Prakash Sabre. Yeah, your pick that you thought was going to win the whole thing lost in the first round. True, but my general feeling was correct. Which we'll get to. <laughs> okay. um, no, just, no, just because just, just you got it more accurate. <laughs> uh, no, I was just going to mention that. I don't know if you saw, but... Uh, after the show, Xbox uh, took a picture with uh, Prakash Sabar. <laughs> yeah, that was, was funny. <laughs> which one's which? <laughs> uh, next up, Gekido versus Night Eye for the Pirate Guy. Um, Gekido won via submission by seventeen, tapping out Jolly Roger. It was it was a very interesting finish though, because Jigsaw had Jolly Roger down on the mat but wouldn't put on, I think it was the Boston Crab, refused to, because obviously Jolly Roger and Jigsaw are supposedly brothers. No, they are brothers in real life. <laughs> okay. Um, so 17 tagged himself in, did the Boston Crab instead. Um, Kimberly apparently took a hell of a beating again. She's like Heidi Lovelace in that sense, still. Or, uh, from what I uh, from what I've heard, uh, she got a really great reaction from the crowd. 
Good. I was <laughs> really glad to hear that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Jigsaw still refused to fight J-Ro and yelled at Jigsaw after the match, you're not my brother. Hmm. So apparently Jigsaw and J-Ro think they're the Bellas. Except this one will be more entertaining because those two can wrestle. <clears throat> uh, next up, in the Auditorium versus the Spirit Squad match, oh my god, surprise number two probably. Spirit Squad advance after a two-post massacre on Oliver Grimsley. <laughs> That's... Wow, I didn't think that would happen. That's what I'm saying. Then uh, the Flood Elite with the Captive Snow Troll versus the Spectral Envoy. Well, uh, we saw Ducalion appearance. And we also saw Delirious show up. Which distracted Ultramantis enough, which allowed uh, a backfist from Kingston to get the win for the Flood Elite. And your reigning defending champions are out in the first round. Uh, then after intermission, we had the Devastation Corporation taking on Team Extravaganza. Um... <clears throat> Not really a surprise that Devastation Corporation won, but um, apparently Thunder Kitty did actually do a suplex on, I think it was Blaster McMassive. Yeah, I was surprised to hear that. <laughs> I think she got a good reception as well, which was good to see. Mm -hmm. uh, then, <laughs> let's keep getting big. So it's the BD Cube versus Free Peko. So, Free Peko went through uh, after a Magistral on uh, Ares. And then, um, apparently, there was uh, the Cube. The Cube minions came out who looked to be apparently furious with what was going on. Then, Nocken beat the shit out of Ares. And Dr. Cube unmasked. And I don't know whether this is the actual Dr. Cube or whether it's somebody taking the role of Dr. Cube. Under that mask is Jakob Hammermeyer. What? And he's got the Eye of Tear. Hmm. And he's taken over the BDK, which is ironic. Hmm. Where's Tim Dance when you need him? <laughs> yeah so that's unexpected <clears throat> the question is does this actually mean Dr. Cube is Jakob or whether you know Jakob bound and gag Cube somewhere to basically yeah that's probably what happened reveal his stuff uh, the Golden Trio versus LAX um, the Golden Trio advance after hitting a 3D on Java from the throwbacks. <laughs> That's funny. Nice move. Uh, but then Chavo did put over indie wrestling, the champs, King of Trios, and Chicago overall, basically saying, you know, this, this is what wrestling should be about. Hey, Dixie. <laughs> but um, I think they all got a please come back chance, so I think that worked. However, before the main event, uh, the Greenhorn Mafia came out. No, called out no, 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 no. It's the Green Horn, Hornet Militia. Militia. Yeah. Yeah. 
the Greenhorn Militia. Um, called out the vets for not caring about the fallen. And Kid Cyclone, in his infinite wisdom slash stupidity, called out Ducalion. Um, Ducalion apparently didn't appear, as Hallowicked came out to try and talk sense to them. And the the militia called Ducalion a coward as they left with Hallowicked. I find it really strange that he... Uh, he's telling the veterans that they don't care that what happens with their, you know, their friends, and saying that they don't care. Uh, I, fi- I find it kind of interesting that Hallowicked didn't like slap him for saying that, or any 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 of the other veterans for that matter. So, and then uh, Colony versus Colony Extreme Force, the main event, night one. Uh, Early on in the match, uh, Workrank got taken out with a snowboard to the knee. So it had to be taken to the back, but did come back later on. And ultimately, the colony were victorious with the anthill on uh, the Extreme Force. So, uh, yeah, that is the Golden Trio, the Colony, Free Pecco, the Devastation Corporation, the Flood Elite, the Spirit Squad, Team UK. And uh, the Gekida going through to night two. Speaking of, let's get straight into that. Uh, first up, the first of the two Rey de Voladores events. Uh, Shenron, Rich Swan, Tigre Uno, and Chuck Taylor in this one. Uh, Chuck Taylor was eliminated first after a splash from Rich Swan. Apparently, he was sitting in the crowd, though, resting at some points in this match. Typical Chuck. <laughs> Uh, Rich Swan was then eliminated after Tigre Uno hit a submission on him. And then Shenron pinned Tigre after hitting his double dragon 630. Which is always fancy. Uh, then uh, two of the... F- well, first of the four uh, quarterfinals and trios. Uh, Free Peko versus Gekido. Uh, Free Peko going through after Shane Matthews made Jigsaw submit to the Boston Crab. Shard and the Jigs- Shard and Jigsaw then fought after the match, and uh, both Seventeen and the Shard left without Jigsaw. Then uh, Quackenbush came out and asked what side Jigsaw was on, and said, "Chikara is your family, and we need you." But Jigsaw yelled back, saying, "I don't need anybody," and left alone. Yeah, that's gonna that's gonna happen. Where Chikara is on, the- looks like they're gonna get their ass whooped, and then he comes back to make the save. I'm gonna say, yeah. Yeah, I think I need you guys. <laughs> then the Battle of the Bowties. Um, Juan Francisco de Coronado versus Rockstar Spud. Apparently, the lady who won the talent show at the Fan Conclave actually played Juan Francisco's theme on the whistle before the match. However, when Francisco did come out, he stole the flute and threw it on the ground. <laughs> Uh, then, before the match started, Spud, uh, Rockstar Spud took a bow tie from his tights, put it on Bryce Remsburg, which uh, apparently JFC was offended by because uh, he immediately removed it and stomped on it several times. I think he probably did him a favor. <laughs> uh, Coronado winning with a German suplex on Spud. Spud was massively over, apparently. From what I've heard, this match was really short, which I'm disappointed to hear. But it was still. Spud was massively over. They liked him. That's the thing. For what I heard, it was uh, still fun to watch. So. Yeah. 
the Greenhorn Militia then came out again and challenged Ducalion to a fight. And once again, Ducalion didn't show. But he did, I guess he did speak and say that, uh, oh no, sorry, the Militia said that uh, they will come to him when he least expects it. Which is sort of a stupid approach to say, because then he's expecting it. Uh, Devastation Corporation versus Team UK. Um, Team UK obviously used the speed to counter the brute force of the Devastation Corporation, but it was just too much. And Smashmaster hit the death blow on Mark Andrews to get the win. Team UK, though, was massively over. Mm. Uh, after interval, we had the second of the Rey de Voladores matches with Sonada Amasis. Uh, Orlando Christopher and the fourth guy, AR Fox. Yeah. <laughs> this is AR Fox's first match since coming back from injury, I think, isn't it? No, he had the matches at Evolve, remember? Oh, true, true, yeah, yeah. But it is his debut in Chikara. Yeah. Long, long over. Which I was really surprised. <laughs> um, first elimination was Orlando Christopher when Sonada rolled him up with his feet on the ropes. Um, then Amasis hit a 450 splash on AR Fox for the second elimination. And then Sonada spit green mist into Amasis eyes, then hit a super kick to win the four way. So it'll be, it'll be somebody with an S winning Shenron or Sonada. Yes. Golden trio versus the spirit squad. Um, I guess to try and emphasize who the bad guys were, spirit squad did cut a heel promo before the match started. Sure. Um, but Icarus made Kenny submit via the Shikara special to take the Golden Trio through to the uh, semi-finals. Then uh, Yamamoto, you probably know him more as Yoshitatsu, taking on smooth sailing Ashley Remington. Uh, apparently, uh, JFC interfered and attacked Remington, ending the match via DQ. However, after the match... Remington did present Yoshi with a fruit basket. Uh, from what I've heard, uh, this match was even shorter. Wow. For whatever reason, which is unfortunate. And then finally, the Flood and Elite versus the Colony. Um, once again in this match, the Snow Troll was brought out in chains and tied to the ring post. However... Um, Near the end of the match, the Snow Troll asks Worker Ant to unchain him, and as he does, Ducalion comes out with Soldier Ant, and Soldier Ant hits Worker Ant, allowing Jacobs to pin him and letting the Flood Elite go on. All this stuff. All this stuff. Then after the match, the Greenhorn Militia came out to attack Ducalion, and the response was um, Equinox the Third and Creator Wrestler 2.0 are dead. However, Kid Cyclone did manage to escape, but without his cape, which Jacobs took with him. And then Hallowicked is out to take the uh, fallen members to the back. However, what isn't mentioned here is the fact that Ducalion got unmasked. And nobody, I think, knows who he is. Yeah, so my prediction was completely wrong on who he was. Yeah. Because I said it was... Damn you, Chris Hero. I said it was going to be Chris Hero because I thought <laughs> it would be pretty 
I thought it was more realistic. I, I thought it would have made sense, in my opinion. But nobody knows who the guy is. I have no clue who he is. It's just some big, bald guy with uh, black eye contacts. So, some random big guy. Stardust. <clears throat> Stardust, that's what it is. No, he's not that fat. <laughs> right, um, so final night of Trio started with... Uh, the two semi-finals, uh, Flood Elite versus the Golden Trio. Um, despite almost escaping last night, the Snow Troll is still captive in the Flood. Um, however, Icarus does make Volgar tap to the Shikara special, so the Golden Trio are in the final. Uh, the Snow Troll is released. Then low blows Icarus, allowing the Flood to lay out the Golden Trio. Snow Troll then rechains himself willingly in the Flood Leave. So I guess brainwashing and you know water torture is allowed in the Flood. Oh, it's because of the Iron Tear. That's why he's doing it. Yeah, but the same thing. The same thing goes for it, Delirious and Soldier Ant. Yeah, but is Are the Flood in possession of the Eye of Tear? Well, or is it just Jacob? Well, well I guess as of now, Jacob has it. But is Jacob anything to do with the Flood? Well, he's associated with them, so yes. Probably. Until we get the promo definitively saying it, I'm sort of going, perhaps it's just Jedi Mind Tricks or something. Anyway, uh, the second semi-final, 3-pack O... Versus Devastation Corporation. Free Peco did have Devastation Corporation's face paint on as well. Hmm. So I couldn't work out which one was which. Then again, yeah, apparently nobody can work out the difference between uh, R-Truth and uh, Dolph Ziggler. No. Uh, Shane did get... Oh, shit. Well, Shane got Boston Crabs on all three um, DevCorp members, but before any of them could tap... Bacabella pulled Bryce Remsburg out of the ring, allowing uh, a death blow to be hit on uh, Scott Jagged Parker, allowing Devastation Corporation to get the win to take on the Golden Trio in the final. Apparently, there were some fans that were being, uh, I guess, a tad rude to uh, mostly Shane Matthews. But wow, uh, that it might be, there might be. Uh, Possible good reason, but we'll never know. Because <laughs> not that many people like uh, Shane Matthews. Apparently so, yeah. Uh, then in the bonus match, we had Oliver Grimsley versus Mark Andrews. Hmm. Andrews getting the win with a shooting star press. And once again, please come back, Chant. So uh, I think uh, as long as he said you allows him, Mark Andrews might be coming to America a bit more often. Or maybe you should move to the U.S. <laughs> that would actually be cool. Um, so next up is the overly long 10-team tag team gauntlet. Started up with uh, Old Fashioned and Lost Ice Creams. Of course, Lost Ice Creams' secret sort of uh, heel move is using the sprinkles. However, um, Marion Fontaine had a weapon of his own. A broom to brush them up before they could be used. Yes, finally, after all these years, somebody knows how to combat the sprinkles. <laughs> However, um, 
El Heyo, um, the ice cream, rolled up Fontaine as he got rid of some of the sprinkles, so ice creams take the first fall. Oh. Uh, team number three was NRG, and uh, Hype got a wind-up backbreaker on uh, Heyo, the ice cream. So NRG get the fall. From, from Big win for them. From what I've heard, I believe they came out to a different version of an old Owen Hart theme, from what I've heard. Yeah, so that's, that's what I've heard as well. Uh, hmm. Then Colony Extreme Force were Team 4 of Arctic Rescue Ant and Missile Assault Ant. Uh, missile hit a rolling Northern-like suplex on Hype, which uh, saw the uh, the ants progress. Team 5 was the Bateri. Uh, Oberian hit a leaping DDT on uh, Missile Assault Ant, so Bateri continue on. Team 6 then was the Assyrian Portal, uh, with the Assyrian Sacrament on Oberian, seeing uh, the Portal team progress. Then we had the uh, block parting of Prakash Sabar, or Sabar, I don't know, and the Boar. And... Um, by accident, apparently, the boar did gore Sabah on uh, via a miscue. And uh, Prakash um, tapped out to the death grip from Ophidian. Well, I'll, so, yeah, I'll, I'll get into the boar after the whole thing. Something I want to mention. <laughs> um, so, Assyrian Port will continue on. They have two points. Mm. Um, team 8 is Silver and Worker Ant. And allowing the uh, bridging black, the bridging backslide, sorry, on uh, silver by Ophidian means the Syrian portal win again. They have three points. Then uh, the Dumb Brothers of Team UK came out as Team Nine. Uh, a massive hit of 450 on one of them gets them a fourth point. And um, final team is the Wrecking Crew of Yakar and Oleg. Uh, the referee Barber got taken out. And thanks to the old-fashioned way of Sidney Bacabella with the coins in the sock to the face of Ophidian, allowed Wrecking Crew to hit the gauntlet and uh, win. Yeah, so the portal had four points, but then at the end they lost all four points. I don't know whether Wrecking Crew have more than... One point as it stands, because I can't remember the last few events that they've been at. No, they were mostly a part of like six man or eight man matches. So. Yeah. So this so probably this, this is probably their first official point at the tag division. Um, to be, I gotta be honest, I was a bit disappointed that there was no surprise entrance in the tag gauntlet. Uh, I was really hoping uh, to see Juicy Products show up, just so they could try to get points for the tag titles in Chikara. But, uh, I mean... That's too easy. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> they decided to use pretty much the entire core roster, which, you know, it's understandable, but uh, it would have been nice to have at least one surprise entrant. After intermission, it was the sub- submission squad versus the mysterious Atomico team, which turned out to be... Actually, before we get to that, what about the boar? Oh, I was going to say that uh, apparently he made a lot of money because uh, the T-shirt that he has, which is a, uh, I guess, a tribute of the old uh, 
98 Raw's War logo. It says, War is War. Apparently, that was a really big seller the Atari weekend. Boar is raking in the money. I like it. So, yeah, Submission Squad versus Mystery Team. And the Mystery Team is the return of the Gentleman's Club. Gasp. Chuck Taylor, Orange Cassidy, Drew Gulak, and the Swamp Monster. That is a surprise, because I thought he was dead. Apparently not. Yes, not. You can never kill the Swamp Monster, apparently. He's like Michael Myers, only more swampy. Uh, we saw the return of the grenade. Yay. And uh, unsurprisingly, the match is apparently uh, awesome. But a flurry of finishes from all the submission squad on the Swamp Monster allowed them to get the win. Apparently, the submission squad were cheered in a match for the first time in probably King of Trios history. Oh, in King of Trios? <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Of course, they they were there in the Chicago show. Of course, they were loved. Yeah, they were over there, but I don't think was that it was all four of them, wasn't it? Um, no, it was a tag. It was uh, Gary the Bone Owl and I believe Evan Jalisco. Was it Evan or Pierre? No, it was Evan Jalisco and Gary the Bone. Yeah. Uh, next up, the Ray de Voladores finals. Shenron versus Sonada. Um, Sonada thinks he's the great Sonada again, so he's decked out in all his gear. Um, Sonada did spray red mist in Shenron's face with a super kick, but Shenron kicked out. But uh, Shenron pinned Sonada after a black fit, a, a back flip cutter, and then a middle rope six thirty, and wins it and gets the little black. And I think Shenron is on the rise. Where's that thing called the Young Lions Cup? I'm very glad to hear that uh, Shenron wins the Rey de Voladores. So that's really good. And then finally, the trio's final. The golden trio of Icarus uh, and the throwbacks taking on the Devastation Corporation. Uh, apparently, you know, it was an all-out war between them, unsurprisingly. Uh, Icarus did kick out with a death blow. But uh, after a TKO and a death blow on Dasher Hatfield, Devastation Corporation and your King of Trios champions. <clears throat> and Sandro's just silent because he's like, yeah, I called it. <laughs> oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm watching... Uh... Yeah, the the agents of Shield at the moment, and uh, something pretty oh. funny happened. Uh, no, uh, yeah, I, I I called it. I said Devastation Corporation was going to win because I thought it would make the most sense. As they're, I think out of all of the the Flood members, they were the ones that pretty much had a, in my opinion, the biggest momentum. Um, even though this was their debut as a trio, but as the team in general, as a tag team with Blaster and Smash, you know, they were really good and i'm really happy to, to hear that devastation uh, uh they looked pretty great from what i've heard mm-hmm. and i'm really happy to, to hear that they they won the whole tournament so you know great for them and i'm pretty sure sydney is very happy of course think about all that money at the pay window of course damn it however um the flood did come out and celebrate with the devastation corporation 
and Shikara's attacks. The flood does stand tall, though. And Jacob says, hand the Grand Championship over or they'll end Shikara. And Kingston is screaming and screaming at Icarus to give him the belt. And amazingly, Icarus does so. But says, you know, it's useless if Shikara dies. You know, Eddie, are you going to be worthy? Or are you going to be the King of Ashes? There he said it. <laughs> and with that, Eddie Kingston turns on the flood. The Shikara wrestlers take control. Um, as King attacks Jacobs and Kingston and the Technico share a group hug. As the flood is knocked back. <clears throat> I don't know whether um, Icarus is uh, still champion. I'm guessing so. I'm sure he is. <laughs> it's not a fool. Um, yeah, but we haven't seen the Kingston actually... I, well, I haven't seen the footage yet, but I don't know whether Kingston actually gave it back to Icarus. No, I'm sure he did. Um, there was no sign, however, for of Ducalion or, or Kid Cyclone. Also very noticeable. Well, I don't know if it was on the notes because it doesn't really say, but it doesn't really say if um, Delirious or Sojourn was there at at the end at the final segment. Oh, for the final part, yeah, yeah that isn't that, <clears throat> that isn't really specified. I don't think um, Delirious probably would have been. I think he should have if if he wasn't. You'd have thought he would, but I think that's why they pulled the angle in the on the first night the way they did. And I know there was um, some discussion on the uh, Chikara one-on-one forms that about uh, you know Kid Cyclone not being out there. Some saying he's a coward and he's being selfish and this and that and all that stuff. And I think uh, Cyclone uh, put on a blog not that long ago after the whole weekend and say. No, no, that's not the case. I'm trying to do this and that and the other thing and blah, blah, blah. So, kind of surprising that <laughs> now that they killed off uh, Equinox 3 and uh, Claw number 3, you know, especially we have the Young Lions Cup coming up. So now you have more spots to fill. So, you know, it's it's very interesting to see where they go from here. Um yeah, so the the storyline continues with the flood and the Chikara Seki gun. Uh, now with Kingston no longer part of the flood, uh, it should be uh, very interesting to see if he'll, I guess, coexist in battle with Icarus. Mm-hmm. Especially since uh, I guess he gave back the title, since that was the reason why he joined the flood in the first place was because he wanted the title back. And he had the opportunity to do it, but I guess Icarus, you know, saying that it's useless if Chikara is dead. Which, it was dead at, at one point, and I don't recall Kingston, uh, you know, sad about Chikara not around, because he still had the belt. So I don't understand why he didn't just take it. Uh, <clears throat> but, uh Yeah. We have gone long in this segment, but one, there's two segments. And two, we might as well get through all the results in one go. Eh, it's not a big deal. Okay. Big stuff. Big stuff. And all those people that were saying, oh, it ain't going to be good. 
I think they were wrong. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching the footage. Uh, I'm going to wait a couple of days, of course, because uh, i got to save up a couple of money to buy them, of course. But uh, I'm pretty sure... Well, mainly, uh, one thing I will give Smartmark is within 24 hours of each show, they had rough cut versions up. Yes. For people that wanted to see it immediately. Yeah. Which is a great job from them. And I think the first show was went high quality even before night three, I think. Yeah. Hey, really, those guys really know that trios is a big one. <laughs> Very smart. And of course, as a recording, and of course, as this is released, all three shows are released in high quality. So, you know, if you go to smartmarkvideo.com or smvod.com, buy the DVD or watch it on their on-demand service or download the MP4. Which you probably should because it's much cheaper. It's ten bucks, of course. Come on now, but <laughs> go watch it and uh, download the stuff. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll probably review it in the upcoming weeks. So I'm very looking forward to seeing it. Yeah, that's gonna be. Um, I've just realized we've got a triple head of Bowler and a triple head of Shikara to review. Oh boy! So you know what's coming up for the next six or seven weeks when we start it, people. Well, <laughs> well, at least Bowler hasn't come out, but it will come out next month. So. Yeah, it's it's coming soon. So, some point next month, but that's way in advance. So, uh, with that, we'll take our first and only break for this week's show, and when we come back, previews of a lot of shows, and I think it's rather telling when the first one we're going to get to is Ring of Honor. Mm. Yeah, they're not they're not they're not quieting down. A big week ahead after this break here on the whole indie show. It's me, Mr. Money on the Mic, Jeff Jackson. And make sure you're checking out SNS Unplugged each and every Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, as myself and Bronxzilla, Tony J. Marabella, bring you the latest news of the week sponsored by Wrestling-Online.com, the NXT Rewind with Anthony Farley, Everything that went down on Raw via the Raw reaction, plus your phone calls and emails, and you never know what craziness might happen on the show. Once again, every Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, SNS Unplugged, exclusively on the SNS Radio Network, www.snsradionetwork.com. It's unscripted. Uncensored. Unbelievable. It's unplugged.
Hey guys and girls, this is Ashley Richardson, and you can join me here on the SNS Radio Network every week for SNS Sticks and Flicks, where we cover video gaming news, whether it be handhelds, mobiles, last generation, PC, or the next gen of the Wii U, Xbox One, and PlayStation 4. Did somebody say 4? No, I didn't mean you 4. Anyway, there's also movie and entertainment news, as well as perhaps the occasional review. And I'll give you the lowdown on whether it's the right movie or show for you. Did somebody say four? Look, I didn't mean you four. Just go away, okay? There's also a possibility of other stuff being on the show. It could be sports, it could be politics, it could be news, it could be what I had for lunch. Yeah, I don't know, but it'll be all for you. Nothing? Seriously, nothing? Anyway, all that on SNS Sticks and Flicks here on the SNS Radio Network and all for free. Did somebody say free? Ah, I'm done. What? Was it something I said? Each and every midweek with Chuck W. And each weekend with William Walkie Walker and Mindwipe. Exclusively on the SNS Radio Network and the Chris Jones Gaming Network. Yeah. This is going to be fun. Announcer Sean Beckerman here. Want to go back in time and relive the greatest and worst in the world of sports entertainment? From all-time favorite matches to the worst gimmicks in pro wrestling, we cover it all. So join us each and every week on the SNS Radio Network as we go beyond the bell. I don't consider myself a normal podcast host. I like to think of positives in wrestling before I strike judgment. I just feel that everyone deserves to have a second, third, fourth, fifth chance if they learn from their mistakes. Running the ropes. Do I consider CM Punk a crybaby? No, because he would have done exactly what everyone else in the entire world would have done in his situation. Hey guys, Brian Maverick Bertrand here, and you can catch all the live recorded episodes of Running the Ropes every week with a special broadcast on Thursdays right here on the SNS Radio Network. Can I just get an intern that's not going to accidentally sabotage my show for once? <laughs> Come on. I've got to bike you can ride it and if you'd like it's got to bust it and balance and things to make it look good. 
Welcome back to uh, the final part of this week's show. Um, yeah, that music was completely random because I couldn't think of anything good to put in for this segment because um, it's getting crazy. I did think of doing one track relating to one of the titles, but I guess I'll save that for next week because um, I like Talking Heads. Um, then again, was it Talking Heads? I don't know. I don't know which version I'll use. Anyway, previews for this week's shows. Sandro is looking completely like what? <laughs> so, uh, starting off, Ring of Honor. Yeah, Saturday night is uh, their TV tapings in Wheeling, West Virginia. Uh, with a bell time of 7 p.m. Eastern this Saturday, uh, the 27th, at the Wes Banco Arena. <clears throat> uh, so on this card, a pretty strong card, I will say. Um, Adam Page will be taking on to Darius Thomas. Uh, the World Tag Team titles will be on the line as Jimmy Jacobs and Roderick Strong of the Decade team up to take on Red Dragon. What makes you think BJ Whitman might be pissed? Probably. Uh, Adam Cole will be taking on Cedric Alexander. Should be a great match. <clears throat> uh, AJ Styles will be taking on uh, Matt Seidel, a.k.a. Adam uh, Evan Bourne, sorry. <laughs> Hey, it was just I was getting confused. Um then we had the honor we've got the honor rumble happening, uh, with the winner getting <clears throat> a world title shot later that night. If Moose wins we write. No, I think he might be the only one. I wouldn't one. be surprised if he was in it. Uh, I think he might be the only one that would riot. Everybody loves him <laughs> apparently. He's the next uh, big thing, apparently. Yeah. So, yeah, Jay Briscoe will be having his first defense against the winner of the Honor Rumble. I would be surprised if it was Michael Elgin, <laughs> considering everything that's happened. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Um, however, we do know that Jay Lethal will be making an appearance, as will Mark Briscoe and Michael Bennett with Maria. Mm -hmm. Apparently, Matt is coming. Oh, yeah, that's right. We'll see. You don't know what, Matt. Perhaps he already has. Yeah, he's facing AJ Styles. We'll see. Maybe. Uh, also happening this Saturday night, uh, West End Wrestling having their debut show, Burning Down the House, um, Saturday night uh, at 112 Rice Street in Stowe, Pennsylvania. The doors open at half six with a 7 p.m. bell time. Uh, tickets are $15 and kids 12 and under are only $5. And a pretty stacked card, I will say. Yeah, we've got uh, a fatal four-way with Aaron Arbo, Andy Hedder, Bruce Maxwell, and Andy Harner. So the Andys. <laughs> None of them would better be big Andy. Three Andys and one Bruce. <clears throat> Perhaps Bruce is Australian. That's stereotypical, though. Um, well, at least not uh, Bruce Larb, so that's a good thing. True. Um... Matt McIntosh will be taking on Icarus. 
Uh, Chris Dickinson versus Silverant. Hmm, that's very interesting. Um, Annie Social will be facing Amanda Rodri- uh, Sorry, Am- Amber Rodriguez. Um, Lucky Thirteen will be taking on Gran Akuma. Hmm. I like the fact the poster is advertising him as Akuma. So some people think the guy from Street Fighter is actually going to show up. <laughs> um, Danny Havoc is facing Eddie Kingston. That's being billed as the main event, but I think of easily co-main event. Tim Dons defending the IW Absolute title against Matt Tremont. Very interesting. It's a good card. It's a good card for a debut show, I will say that. Uh, also on Saturday night, why after all we're on the same day? Um, CZW having a deja vu well, should, moment. Well, you should be glad that none of it's side paper, you saw. Yeah. <laughs> well, I won't be able to see it anyway. <laughs> but, but this show will be on delay side paper. Yeah, is it going to be the following night? or? Uh, I guess it depends on how long it takes to edit it. Right. So yeah, Deja Vu, Saturday night uh, at the Rockstar Pro Arena, 1106 East 3rd Street in Dayton, Ohio. On the card for this one, we've got Joe Gacy versus Aaron Williams, Alex Colon versus Latin Dragon, uh, Caleb Conley with Nate Stein uh, taking on uh, Sozio. Uh, in a WSU showcase match, Nevaeh will be taking on Kimber. Dramatic pause. Lee. Uh, and then three title matches. Um, the Juicy Product defending against OI4K for the tag belts. Uh, Shane Strickland will be taking on Flip Kendrick mm. for the Wired title. And then the rematch for the world title. Biff Busick defending against Drew Gulak. I have a feeling um, the tag titles might change hands. Even for the hometown guys? Yeah. Wow. I have a feeling it might happen. Uh, And then finally, it's Beyond Wrestling. uh, Making moves this Sunday um, at Fake Music and 103 Dyke Street in Providence, Rhode Island. The VIPs get in at 3 p.m. Doors open for everyone else at 3.30 and the bell time's at 4. Uh... If you want to get tickets, uh, they're $20 in advance, which you should still just have about enough time for, and $25 on the day of the show itself. And on this one, it's a, it's a stack card as it is, because I think we've got 10 matches. Well, actually, no, 11. One is for the live fans only and will not be released on DVD Ooh. until TNA goes under. Um <clears throat> So we've got an open... Well, I might as well go through the... Uh, even though it's advertised as a co-main event, for the live crowd only, Silver Ant will be taking on Eddie Edwards. That's a big one. Um, and then what will be on the DVD, I guess. Uh, Anthony Stone will be calling out Mr. Touchdown with an open challenge. Uh, in a four-way elimination, uh, it will be Ryan Rush... Eric Corvis, John Silver, and Dick Justice. All I'm saying is Crusade, possibly. I don't know. Uh, the Show Stealer, as Brian Fury takes on Jay Freddy. Uh, 
Dave Cole will be taking on Pinky Sanchez and Sugar Dunkerton versus Aaron Epic in a couple of uh, bitter grudge matches. Uh, then a couple of um, Tournament for Tomorrow free preview matches as the throwbacks of Dasha Hatfield and Mr. Touchdown will take on Milk Chocolate of Brandon Watts and Randy Summers. <laughs> oh, and, man. Yeah, and the hoods of Davy Cash and Chris Pyro will be taking on Team Tremendous of Dan Barry and Bill Carr. Those are pretty good. Uh, then the stipulation is still to be determined, I believe, for this match. Uh, match Romont taking on uh, Stockade. Probably a uh, false count anywhere. Yeah. For the first time at Fake Music, it'll be AR Fox versus Biff Busick. Uh-huh. Uh, the Doom Patrol of uh, Chris Dickinson and uh, Yaka, they'll be taking on the psychotic effort machines of Brian Cage and Tommaso Jumper. And then the main event will be is entitled Vikingdom Come, as it is a mixed tag match, as the kingdom of Adam Cole, Michael Bennett, and Maria will take on the juicy product of JT Dunn and David Starr and Kimber Dramatic Pause. Lee. Yes. Yeah, she's in the main event again. I like it. <laughs> That's great. So, all in all, as I've just realized, this segment is only going to be about 10 minutes. That's going to be under 15 minutes. It's very realistic. Which <laughs> is oh, fine. I have no issues. So, it's all good. Let's spin the outro. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's um, a pretty good stat card. In terms of not padding out, but for the next couple of weeks, obviously, you've got Lucha Underground tapings also happening this week, um, which I can't remember where they are, but if you go to Lucha Underground's Twitter and Facebook, uh, they've got all the info there. Obviously, tickets are free if you're in the area. Um, they've got tapings throughout quite a bit of October. Obviously, we've got uh, PWG having their event next month. We still don't know what it's called. <clears throat> but uh, tickets are probably sold out by now, so too bad. They will be available on the door if you're in the local area. Um You've got the World Triangle League. Um, are we seeing the start of the Survival of the Fittest in October as well for Ring of Honor? Uh, yeah, that's going to take place in <clears throat> October. But, uh, of course, I haven't announced who's going to be a part of it. But, uh, obviously, after this weekend's taping, uh, of course, the biggest show for Ring of Honor. Uh, and, of course, I'm talking about Michael Bennett's Bachelor Party. Which will be, I think, the week after, if I'm not mistaken. So I think after that, we'll probably hear some <clears> updates <throat> regarding Survival of the Fittest. So it should be very interesting. I'm just trying to work out now as well when... No, I think we, we talked about that, didn't we? That Elgin probably might be able to come back for um, Final Battle. Possibly. Maybe. Well, we'll, we'll have to wait <clears throat> until... Around that time, December, so. Yeah. So far away. And yet so near. Uh, so, uh, yes, it's uh, it's about time for us to head out. As I say, short and show, mainly because I've had uh, other things. We haven't been able to do a review with my trip to um, London and all that. So, 
Next week we will be back. I don't know what we'll be reviewing. We'll be reviewing something. <laughs> Perhaps something from something September. Perhaps trios. I don't know. We'll see. Um, keep an eye on the Facebook page for that. Speaking of uh, the Facebook page, um, go like us there. Uh, Sandra will say it all again in a minute, but go there. Be social with us if I can be bothered to. Because um, I'm probably going to be obliterating my Twitter for the next four days. Um, so check out all the other shows here on the network. Uh, Unplugged Tuesday nights at nine with Bronx and Jeff. Uh, an Unplugged CT should be coming up in the next uh, few days or so, I believe. Uh, regarding, um, I can't remember what it was, the subject area. But, um, yeah, it's, that will certainly be, that should be queued up for this week, I should say. Uh, Sunday Night Showdown uh, wasn't one this week, uh, but you can check check out the archive of the SummerSlam one, because that was good. That was um, nice, good, and fun. Uh, more fun than Night of Champions was as a pay-per-view. And then, podcast-wise, you've got uh, Sticks and Flicks with me. For your gaming and entertainment needs. Uh, Beyond the Bell with Sean Beckerman for retro wrestling. Uh, Running the Rope should be coming back soon. Uh, Get in the Zone with uh, Bronx Anthony L Train for SmackDown and TNA Talk. Um, trying to think. Uh, the Elite Force Podcast with uh, Walkie and Mindwipe. And I think that's everybody mentioned, I think. Apart from us, but why would I mention us? Because you're already listening to this. I think. I don't know. Unless you're not listening to this bit because it's the outro and you've already tuned out. In which case, you missed the spoiler. And everybody now will be skipping back to go, where was the spoiler? Anyway, Sandro, uh, how can people get in touch with us if they want to give their thoughts on uh, King of Trios or anything they've seen? Yeah, so uh, you can follow us on Facebook, www.facebook.com slash The Whole Indie Show. You can follow us over on the Twitter at TWIS underscore podcast. Uh, you can follow myself at Sandro TWIS, S-A-N-D-R-O-T-W-I-S. You can follow Ashley over at Ash is my name UK. Uh, he might be tweeting something. Because he's going to a video game convention this weekend. So, you know, maybe twenty something interesting if he chooses to. If I can remember how the... How my... I, I, I like to call it the stupid phone rather than the smartphone. Because it's sort of somewhere, <laughs> it's sort of, it's somewhere in between the two. Um, there's supposed to be some way that I can post pictures to my, face, uh, to my Twitter account. Which then might go through to my Facebook. So... I can't. I can't remember how that works. And oh, just go. If, just go through your settings, and it's going to give you an option. You connect Twitter through Facebook, and there you go. Yeah, but the way I have to do it is I have to send the picture via email, <laughs> and I can't remember whether that works anymore. I can't be bothered to try it now because I've only got like ten hours before I leave, so <laughs> I need sleep. Yeah, that sounds like it's going to work. <laughs> but anyways. <clears throat> Uh, you can fo- you can find our shows over on iTunes and Stitcher. Uh, just search for the whole indie show. You subscribe us over there. Uh, leave us feedback and give us a rating. 
fo- you can find all the RSS feeds and the archives over at SNSRadioNetwork.com. <clears throat> so uh, after a pretty big weekend, um, it's, it's going to be uh, not a big, big weekend, but it's going to be an interesting weekend regardless because of the Ring of Honor TV tapings and, of course, Beyond Wrestling show. But uh, I, I think next week should be pretty quiet. But you never know. It's indie wrestling. Uh, just want to say, real major will happen on Lucha Underground. <laughs> well, maybe. But uh, just want to talk about real quick. Uh, I've been enjoying the last uh, couple of episodes of Ring of Honor Television. It has been really, really good, and I've been enjoying the matches. Um, the Bucks versus the Briscoe match from the Death Before Dishonor weekend was awesome. Definitely PWG-esque style. Definitely check it out. Uh, the match between uh, Silas Young and Brian Kenshaw was actually pretty good. I actually enjoyed it. Uh, the, Kyle, uh, the Kyle O'Reilly and AJ Styles match was fantastic, uh, even though it was uh, edited down, but it's still worth watching. So definitely check it out. All right. So uh, with that, that's all from us this week's song of the night is something that I'm doing a lot for this weekend and that's um, the track from Supergrass called Moving because that's also sort of an oblique reference to uh, Beyond Wrestling's show making moves and all that so with that being said this was Ashley that was Sandro this was your weekly slice of indie goodness we'll see you next week for October's no, I can't think of alliteration this time. Bye, everybody. Later.
I'm so wrong. 